all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning and welcome to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Lifestyle Medicine at UMMC. Joining me today, I've got Dr. Danny Reich, who is Professor of Pharmacy Practice, and we're going to be talking about lots of different metabolic things like cholesterol and diabetes and also testosterone. So if you've got some questions related to any of those things, we would love to hear from you today. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 And as always, you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Lifestyle Medicine NP at UMMC. And joining me today, I've got Dr. Danny Reich, who is a professor of pharmacy practice also at UMMC. And you work in the cardiometabolic clinic. I do, I do. That sounds very uh, smart <laughs> <laughs> and very uh, complicated. Yeah. But but in reality, we're talking about things like high blood pressure, mm-hmm. high cholesterol, diabetes, which are all things that are affecting Mississippians. Yeah. Um, and then some other things as well, like testosterone imbalances and things like that, which I know I get a ton of questions um, in clinic from patients about testosterone levels. So I know we want to talk about some of those things things today. But really, there's tons of um, information that we can cover today related to lots of those different disorders. So if you've got questions out there about your blood sugar, about your blood pressure, cholesterol, um, or testosterone, we'd love to hear those. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 And my email is fit at mpbonline.org. All right. So I posted a little um, question out on my Facebook this morning just to see the kind of knowledge base that we mm-hmm. had going on. And I said, uh, true or false, is testosterone only made in males? And so I was very proud of my Facebook followers <laughs> because they said false. Yeah. And that is that is correct, oh, right? Absolutely. So tell me about testosterone. What the heck is it? Yeah, well, uh, first, it's a hormone that essentially runs our sexual functioning. And secondarily, it's responsible for a lot of other physical and emotional components. That's irrelevant of if you're a male or female, mm-hmm. actually. Um, for example, I have a couple of females that I have on testosterone supplementation because of their low testosterone. Low testosterone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's usually for libido, sexual mm-hmm. purposes, or something along those mm-hmm. lines. Um, with the males, it, testosterone is essentially what 
I, it, it's that it's that male hormone that makes us feel male. <laughs> well, I've never felt male, That's so right. yeah. um, I'm no. going to go with you on that one. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with your experience on that one. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, um, yeah, but it, it, what it does, it, we, when you have a lower testosterone, and typically this happens in older gentlemen, um, the testosterone lower over time, it, it's kind of referred to as a male menopause. Right. Um, and in that situation, you have physical, emotional, and sexual functioning issues. Uh, the physical functioning can... Uh, be as kind of nonspecific as fatigability, or it can be as specific as muscle loss or Mm -hmm. lack of muscle gain. I I remember I had a gentleman in his mid-40s. He had just run his second run, but uh, second Ironman. Ah. It's very significant physical strenuous Mm -hmm. activity. And he was not gaining any muscle mm. whatsoever, extremity muscle, leg muscle, nothing. And as it turned out, one of his limiting factors was a very low testosterone. Uh, replacing such to just normal levels caused his muscle gain to be appropriate. So it's not just muscle loss, but a lack of muscle gain right? Uh, that you'll see as well. Which, you know, I see that a lot uh, from a lifestyle medicine perspective mm-hmm. in folks that are that are training for things and they're wanting to build muscle. And if they don't see it, build according to what we sure. you know or maybe it, what what it used to build at when we were younger sure. they tend to think i need to train harder or i need to eat more protein <laughs> <laughs> they like the protein um, and that can be complicated of course because these are older these are aging individuals right. and then increased protein can relate to uh, kidney issue or they can already have some kind of uh, renal abnormality or long-standing complication right. like hypertension that worsens that and so you you need to be cautious about that general recommendation right other things that the younger gentlemen do, then 30s and 40s, I'll have people who are deficient um, mm-hmm. and with testosterone. And the younger gentlemen will do the critins and oh, yeah. the um, uh, bulk buildings and right. et cetera, et cetera. When really what it is, is your body's telling you you're not, you don't have the hormone capable right, to make need. this gain. Yeah. Um, and then the emotional side of this, like I, men don't like to ask for the doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it happens. Um, I, I, often, often they'll. Uh, in fact, they'll probably be the more frequent that misses their annual visits, or um, they'll go the one time. Uh, females are very more uh, diligent and compliant with their follow up and their care. Uh, they're also very good with com- with taking their their prescribed <laughs> regimens. And so, um, as 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 a man, as a man, we. Uh, and I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anyone. We we just aren't um, we we aren't seeking uh, c- medical care as often as we should. And the emotional side of the testosterone deficiency is important. Depression mm-hmm. comes very commonly with it, um, mm-hmm. consistently. And uh, I think that's one of those things where you can uncover something if you have the conversation with the person, but they have to be willing to come to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bunch of sexual issues. Which uh, will often bring you into the, to the healthcare it's, provider. It's either the most common reason <laughs> or it's the, um, it's the thing that gets brought up in say a wellness care visit. Mm-hmm. 
uh, as one of those, I call them doorknob questions. I was going to say, it's usually right when I'm walking oh, yeah, out of the yeah. door. Yeah, when the doctor hits the doorknob, there's a question. Yeah. And when you uh, when you get those questions, it's often a, a sensitive question. Yeah. And so uh, actually a lot of people are comfortable with me talking with their patients, even if I don't have a relationship with the patient, because the patient will be a little more comfortable in the male-to-male talking about uh, it with perspective, guy. and that's yeah. fine. And that's even with some male physicians, mm-hmm. just because I have some expertise in the area mm-hmm. and I'm unrelated. Like they can, right. they can be open. You're- you me. might not see him again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so with uh, the sexual functioning, there's, I have a list of about 12 things I look at, but they're, and I, I mean, they're appropriate to say for the radio, but things like loss of morning erections, a, right. a man who has an adequate testosterone, who is over the age of 30, probably should have two morning, wake up with two morning erections a week on average. Um, men who have um, reasonable testosterone levels often will wake up five mornings a week on average. If you're not having two, then you're already low. Um, I talked with a gentleman this morning. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, I, that's my nugget of knowledge I've learned today. That's yeah. amazing. So two. Two is my marker. Two morning marker. erections. All right. Uh, and All right. that, doesn't, that doesn't mean erections to the point of wanting intercourse, but, right. but waking up with a morning erection right. is an appropriate and normal thing. Um, and so I, and that's, so that's one. And a gentleman I talked to this, uh, this morning, 69 year old hadn't had a morning erection in six months. Those are, those gotcha. are where you, you, you key on and you're like, okay, so let's, let's talk about this. Right. And, uh, and that gentleman, the last time we had checked the testosterone was nine years ago. And so there's an indication to maybe get a lab. Right. You know? right. And so let's talk about that. Like why isn't testosterone kind of part of the standard laboratory panel because it, it, I mean, it's, oh, yeah, it's no. not an, and I mean, not at all. Uh, it's, it's actually probably not going to be covered, uh, in general, gotcha. it will be cost price. And so, um, However, you can get it cheapest is probably right. the best uh, move. Right. But it, yeah, it's it's not predictive of any measure. Um, and the thing is, testosterone replacement therapy, while it helps symptomatically, it's not benefiting necessarily an outcome. Like it's not necessarily preventing cardiovascular disease or treating hypertension or having a heart outcome that you can point to that an insurance company can say this is why this ah, is important. Gotcha. So it's a, it's kind of like soft skills versus hard skills. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. These are these are symptomatic treatment kind of situation right. and insurance companies don't jump at that right. um, and so they're not going to really cover the lab that's going to lead to the drug that often has either coverage issues prior authorizations or other um, or just no coverage whatsoever mm. and um, so that's you know I can see why it's yeah. not covered necessarily yeah. yeah you know from from my perspective from lifestyle you know then I'm thinking about the, the the folks that I see that are very fatigued, mm-hmm. that, you know, getting them to exercise is an issue. But if we've got an underlying testosterone deficiency, which can cause the lack of energy, you yep. know, can replacing the testosterone then give them the energy to exercise, which then will make the heart disease yep. risk go down. Sure so, you know, it's definitely one of those kind of um, foundational things that we kind of at least need to be having the conversation with folks yep. about, about some of these other symptoms that are related to low testosterone. So you mentioned sexual dysfunction, mm-hmm. um, fatigue. Are there other kind of symptoms that go along with, with low testosterone? Sure. Well, and so we, we mentioned muscle mass or lack mm-hmm. of muscle gain, uh, muscle, muscle fatigue. Uh, another one can be brittle or broken bone situation. Osteoporosis can come along with deficiency. Um, the emotional issues can go even further. Uh, additionally, testosterone supplementation, particularly, or people who are hyper-aggressive, hyper-aggressive uh, can be another issue in terms of the emotional piece. Mm. Um, and then there are, there are far many more sexual things like loss of libido or absent libido. 
Uh, and ejaculation is a very common one, uh, just a complete inability to have ejaculation. Um, and the orgasm occurs, but there's no ejaculate, no. or it's difficult to achieve the orgasm. Yeah, no, no orgasm, orgasm. occurring. Okay. And uh, now ejaculate lowering can happen just over time. Like for example, qu- uh, quantity lowering can just happen mm-hmm. over time naturally, but uh, that this would be just an inability to attain that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, it more uh, more in terms of uh, sexual functioning too. But I, I think the the big thing is <laughs> that testosterone deficiency does is it makes. A, a man uncomfortable about himself mm, and self-esteem issue. Oh, by, very much. If you were, if you were put into a situation where you were feeling like you were becoming less than you were, uh, it, it, it harms your psyche mm-hmm. and that psyche can take a lot to build back up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's one of the things that I try to do, for example, with these guys is I, uh, I meet with them to just establish a relationship first. I'm not just throwing a medicine. I'm not just ordering a bunch of labs. I want to have a conversation. Right. What's important to them? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's odd. You just get to what's important to a, to, to a patient. And sometimes it, helps them just because they know you understand oh yeah Um, that's the only way you move any type of health behavior is to understand the the why or the reason behind Mm -hmm. the choices that we make because nobody does things just offhand you know i mean we all make decisions that's a great point that you you brought up that it makes you feel kind of like less of a man you know Mm -hmm. if you're having testosterone issues which is having not been a man you know the the part that i could kind of associate with is like when when it became the decision of whether I'm going to have any more kids or not you know like that was the decision for and it was I had to make a medical decision on whether I was going to have any more children or not um and that was a hard one for me because your identity as a as a mom and as a woman is oftentimes wrapped up in your ability to have children you know and so when that goes away you're like am I less Less of a woman, and the answer is no. No, not at all. You are not. You are not. And that's well. It, it's another nice bridge to. That's a, typically um, that'll happen in the menopause situation. Mm-hmm. It'll happen in other situations too, of course, mm-hmm. in fertility, for, mm-hmm. for example, which is something I have an interest in as well. But um, it'll happen in a menopause situation. Well, with the male, the male menopause should be considered in the same way mm-hmm. of its emotional distress right. concerning and at a base, of course, lower testosterone changes your emotional state in the first place. Mm-hmm. So. Very important to pay attention to that in your men. Now, I'm not telling everyone, go ahead and give testosterone to every guy that walks through. There are risks and uh, that come along with that. We can talk about what testosterone replacement therapy is and all those things. Absolutely. Um, so let's go ahead and take our first break uh, of yeah. the show. When we come back, that's exactly what we'll pick up and talk about is testosterone replacement and any issues to go along with that. If you guys have questions or comments, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll be back in just a few. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today, Dr. Danny Reich, who's a professor of pharmacy practice at UMC. And we've been talking about testosterone this morning, and we're going to continue um, to talk about testosterone for a little while longer. But guys, this is your opportunity to talk to a pharmacist one-on-one about issues related to medication, about diabetes, about high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all of those things that are affecting, if not you, someone that you know and love. Um, so now is your time, and we've got open lines. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. All right, Danny, when we, right before the break, we have been talking about testosterone and we t- mentioned testosterone replacement because if you uh, have trouble sleeping, you will often see infomercials that um, have some scary supplements that are selling mm-hmm. folks that I would imagine have some testosterone and other other things in there all mixed up. Um, <laughs> and so while testosterone is important, we don't want folks just grabbing any old testosterone sure. replacement and taking, right? Talk to me about re- safely replacing testosterone. Uh, this is uh, well. So I would I would say some of the th- the infomercials or the uh, the marketing essentially that's being done there. What what's occurring is not terribly dissimilar to when they pushed black cohosh, for example, right. for a female menopause or a p- menopausal symptoms. Right. And I, 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 you know the, some of those po- I call them polyherbals. They're mm-hmm. really multi supplements. They have multiple things in them that might be doing things that you feel like you're better but they're not necessarily treating the underlying condition like right. caffeine or um, have some kind of relief mechanism mm-hmm. uh, some of these will have your hem beam and some other um, poly uh, herbal supplements that have been noted for sexual functioning right. and so you may you may see a minor degree of benefit but um, in terms of uh, benefit and what's right for you things like the prescription therapies are probably the mechanism that you're going to get the most number one bang for your buck and number two efficacy that's proven safe and right. so uh, you want to be cautious with some of those things uh, i'm not saying they uh, can't work i'm saying that sometimes you want to be cautious right because well, we're i mean they're not regulated no, so we not. you know we it might say it has something in it and that might not be what's in there at all that's a great know? point i actually did a, a clinical trial there was a Weight loss product. Um, I think there was a Dr. Oz is a, oh. a personality um, on uh-huh. TV, I think, or something. Uh-huh. And uh, he had propagated Hudia, Hudia Gordonia. Oh, yeah. um, uh, this was years ago. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it was. And as it turns out, some kind of uh, cactus in Africa. Right. And, and the Bushmen would like eat this cactus and not eat for three days and all these. It just sounded pretty interesting. Um, and so. <laughs> I like my food, though. So. Well, like, I like my food, but I could use some weight loss myself. So, I, you know, I, I, uh, I looked into it and grabbed three hoodie products that were like over the counter, just three different uh-huh. pharmacies. And. Um, I mean, their hoodie contents, one of them is zero milligrams of hoodie right. propagated to be like 300. And so it's the, the, the non-regulated mechanism means, I don't know what you're getting. Sometimes yeah. you will get it. And right. sometimes it'll be toxic too, because right. there might be more milligrams than X. But um, anyway, so that's that over-the-counter story. But in terms of TRT or testosterone replacement therapy, let me first start uh, with women, because that's actually something we've done. Um, with the uh, females, it is oftentimes for sexual functioning. It's not oftentimes for the other two um, mechanisms. So there's mm-hmm. physical, emotional, sexual. And oftentimes this is an elective mechanism for sexual functioning. Testosterone has to be less than 50. Oftentimes those testosterones be in the 10 range. Um, 
And in that case, we would give a very mild, minor, low dose of a transdermal testosterone. And so let me so tell you what that yeah. is. Tell us what that is. It's a little different. So testosterone is a really, 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 really big molecule, like humongous. Okay. So like you can't, yeah, huge. It's yeah. like trying to swallow a car. So you're not, you're not going to. <laughs> that yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, the body just can't process it, break it down without it being toxic to the liver. They tried. It was toxic to the liver. So you're not really going to have anything. You're swallowing a pill for testosterone. Um, there are some quote unquote buccal products and other products, but they've really shown some lacking efficacy and some increased side effects that you probably don't use those mm-hmm. products. Okay. Uh, so you often use either injection or transdermal. And transdermal is essentially something that's applied to the skin. Um, and in this case, for females, you will never use, I, well, not never, but you will often avoid the injections because injections will shoot your testosterone really high. You don't want hyper, uh, like high, high, high testosterone, testosterone in a female because of untoward effects. Um, and so you'll use low dose of the transdermal. That's a very consistent absorption in, through the skin. And so uh, you'll have either a cream, a gel, or a patch. That's those what I was going to ask. Those are the three. Cream, gel, patch. Uh, there is no ointment that I'm familiar with. Uh, but the uh, cream is often a compounded product. There are a couple of pharmacies in our area that actually compound them and have been doing so for years. And um, and I trust them enough to mm-hmm. send them prescriptions. Um, there's uh, gels, uh, and uh, I'm not going to say the brand names, but those are those are branded products. There mm-hmm. are two of them. Uh, insurance coverage dictates which one gets chosen. One of them adds an indi- adds an intentional musk scent. Um, to a their musk product. scent, mm-hmm. um, and so it's a musky smell. Uh, like some a manly like smell, mm-hmm. yeah. a manly smell. Okay, and some some men like that, and uh, oh. so I I steer clear of that for my women. Yes, please, um, please yeah. don't make us musky. <laughs> so I do the other one for the women, and then injections. There are, uh, let's see, I can think off the top of my head of three different injection types um, uh, that are commonly used, readily available at pharmacies. And the injections vary in dose and degree of giving them. You don't give an injection every day. Uh, In fact, you would start at an injection every two weeks. Mm. Um, However, dosing can go up to weekly in some of our really resistant cases. So those are the formulations. There's an additional formulation that's really interesting, but never like I've I've never used it. Um, you slit in you you bring the person into the uh, clinic. You slit a hole in their uh, buttocks area. Well, that sounds and, that uh, sounds aggressive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you and but it's not surgical. It's uh-huh. outpatient, and you insert five to ten pellets. Um, oh, and it releases so it's like a uh, depot delivery. It's, system. it's literally what it is. It's okay. a depot delivery. Um, and so there's a, you know, a, a way to get that as well. Mm-hmm. I've never given it, but uh, nonetheless, yeah. those I think it could be good for someone who maybe uh, would have difficulty, uh, being compliant with, yeah. you know, every week injection or Correct. things like that. Um, or just are averse to giving themselves an injection, Ultra. you know, and wouldn't be a candidate for one of the transdermal type devices. I, I agree. There. Now the injection, is it like into the fat or is it into the muscle? Uh, yeah, it's an IM. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's smart a little bit. The, well, and it's a, it's a, it's a slow, <laughs> the push uh-huh. is hard. Um, is it to thick? Do. 
It's pretty thick yeah. if you think about what. So if you think progesterone, yeah, that's right? what I was equating it to because that's yeah. what I had. I had it in my in my booty every <laughs> week from week sixteen to week like twenty eight or something like that with yeah. my last kid. Now progesterone is progesterone in oil. It's a little mm-hmm. thicker than what we're talking about here. But the testosterone you have to go slow with the injection. Number one, it's IM. Number two, it it's it, it's got some. It can be painful. It can burn uh, a little bit. Yeah, and you use a, a, a pretty good gauge needle mm-hmm. with it and that kind of stuff. I mean, we're not talking eighteen gauge, but we use a pretty good gauge needle with it. Uh, Additionally, there's some interesting things that happen with the injection. For example, the bottle, uh, if you get a multi-dose vial, for example, with the 200 milligram per ml injection, and you get a 10 ml vial, Mm -hmm. 200 milligrams, let's say, is your dose. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, and let's say you're doing it every two weeks. So that's five months, right? Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, So you're holding it for five months. Sometimes the product will actually crystallize, kind of look like a crystal. Uh Um, And so that's actually not wrong. You just, what you do is you warm it back up by rolling it through your hands. Um, so don't, don't throw it away. Or put it in the microwave. Don't do that. Oh, um, I was thought you were going to say put it in the microwave, and I was like, no, we're uh, going to have to. I'm to put my foot down on that no, one. <laughs> don't put it in the microwave. <laughs> it's going to explode. Um, that's happened. Uh, there's, there's a metal cap around the top, I would yeah, assume. And it's, yeah. it's glass and compressed area, but yeah. it's, uh, it's so it's no. So, but they're just uh, there are just so many pieces to this because it's not a pill. It's not yeah. it's not something that you're accustomed to doing. Right. And so oftentimes people will come on into the clinic and get the injections. Mm-hmm. Delivered by us. Um, oh yeah. Um, for ex- just as an example, and then the if you're talking about testosterone replacement therapy, you need to talk about transference. Uh, so the gels and creams uh, can be transferred. It's a gel or a cream. It can be transferred from one individual to mm-hmm. another. For example, if I just put uh, gel on my upper shoulder right here, and then I shook your hand. Oh, you, I'd get me a little some. Oh yeah, yeah, you will. Oh. Uh, that's not. Like particularly harmful to you, mm-hmm. like one time, but let's say you know you, there was a marriage, or let's yeah. say it was a six-year-old girl, or let's say you know something, mm-hmm. you know a grandchild, or something along those lines. Well, you can have some serious side right. effects there, um, and so that's called transference. And there's F, uh, FDA has warnings about all of this, uh, but there's a lot of different mechanisms to avoid it. Uh, one is you apply it at night, and you have less contact with people. Right. Um, Usually after shower, you know, clean area, and you do usually do the upper arms. So what you can do is upper arms, you wear a shirt. So you yeah. wear a shirt to bed. If you're not wearing a shirt to bed and you put it on your upper arms and it gets on the um, bedding mm. and you have, like I have at home, a six and a two-year-old who like to try to sleep in my bed. Um, yeah, that'd be And a they're both female. That's a, that's a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you wear your shirt to bed, you wash your hands, mm-hmm. you wipe off excess on your abdomen. Um, you're, you're essentially trying to avoid transferring it to another person you avoid a this is in there you avoid a hot tub for an hour and <laughs> that's all good in the hot tub that's a that's a thing the people soup is it's what a, i call a hot people tub soup. people yeah. soup that's yeah. no it was okay. intriguing but it's just they all of these different things to try to avoid transferring that product onto another person very important mm-hmm. consideration mm-hmm. Um, and you see how difficult this is getting? Like already it's like. Right. It's a complex exact, and I thing. Haven't, I haven't it's talked to you about monitoring. Right. And I haven't talked to you about side effects. Like, and it's, it's just, yeah. just from formulation and, and, and risk of transfer mm-hmm. already we're at, we're at a little bit of a complex right. treatment of a disease. Right. And it, it's so difficult to just start this conversation mm-hmm. for a guy. 
Right. And so, you know, that that's what triggered in my head from a, you know, a provider standpoint is, you know, if you're having issues with sexual function mm-hmm. or drive or any of those things, while it's you may be embarrassed to start that conversation, sure. like, please don't be, you know, there's no. there's there's absolutely nothing you can say to a healthcare provider that we haven't already heard or seen. You know, nope. I mean, there's really, there's not, we're there to, to help you be as healthy as you, you of can course. be. And we want to do that lead with those things yes, so I that agree. we've got the full, you know, allotted time for your visit to really get into these things and talk about some of these things. You know, yep. I don't want to write you a prescription for testosterone and hand it to you and then be like, I'll see you in three months, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like let's really get into why we're using it. Uh, how to apply it, how to do it safely, how to do the, how to prevent this transference from different, um, uh, to different items and different folks so that you get the best benefit of it. So you mentioned um, monitoring of Mm -hmm. that, right? So that would, I would assume that means coming back in for repeat blood measurements to see if we've gotten an an appreciable increase in your testosterone level. Yes. And let's talk a little bit about monitoring. If you're you're out there and you're uh, thinking about calling and what MPB, what ring? Uh, (laughs) MPB ring. Yes. Um, If you're thinking about calling, please do. Uh, First off, Literally nothing I could ever have not heard already. Uh, secondly, right. uh, there's no judgment, and there won't be any judgment because what we want to do is we want to just get something started. If it's in a conversation, give us a call. Uh, but for monitoring, uh, something we'll do is so the first thing you do is if you're starting the product, the first thing you do actually is you need a diagnosis, right? And um, this usually takes a repeat testosterone level. Uh, interestingly, you really want to do it between the hours of eight a.m. and eleven a.m. I was going to say that because one of my clinics I run is in the afternoon, yep. and so I'll have uh, gentlemen that come in there like, "And I need for you to check my testosterone." And I'm like, "Not today, friend. Yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, nope. come back, come, come back, back tomorrow. in the morning um, because that's the accurate metric." Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, usually need a repeat uh, levels less than well it, it varies a little bit mm-hmm. but anywhere but less than 300 less than 280 uh, is pretty much hypo what we call gonadism mm-hmm. or low testosterone low T and uh, less than 150 is very low like mm-hmm. one of the points where it's no longer a conversation about treatment something's wrong um, do we have a caller we do oh, have, let's a have a caller one. perfect um we're going to go ahead and go to uh, Mike in Corinth. Good morning, Mike. Oh, okay. We're going to go ahead and take a break first. Oh. So hang on, Mike. We'll be right back to you. We're going to take a break. We've got a couple of open lines. So now is a perfect time to give us a call. That number again was one eight seven seven mpb ring This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome 
Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today, Dr. Danny Reich, and we have been talking about testosterone this morning. And now's a perfect time to give us a call. I mean, really want to have these conversations with you guys. So if you're listening and you're going, I don't know, I might, I'm too embarrassed to call. Give us a fake name. It'll be just fine. But give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And we do have a caller who's been hanging on for us. It's Mike in Corinth. So we're going to go talk with Mike this morning. Hello, Mike. Hi. Um, I have been using uh, a compounded gel uh, for a prescription from a from the urologist uh, mm-hmm. for about a week now. Okay. And, and I heard, I don't know if this is true, and that was my question, that one hour after you apply, if you use a moisturizing lotion on the same application spot, that that would increase the absorption of the testosterone from the gel. Is that true? Well, what you what you want to do is you want to be a little bit careful with moisturizing lotions uh, in the site of action because what you're doing is essentially moving the gel around. It's not absorbing exactly in an hour. It's going to absorb over a longer period of time than that, and it depends a little bit on what gel you're using and how they're mm-hmm. compounding it. But uh, so I, I think the moisturizing lotion perhaps isn't a necessary idea. In terms of absorption, the absorption rate is so high that I don't think you have to worry about increasing its absorption. And you don't need to worry about the speed with which it absorbs because the absorption is happening over a longer degree and the effect is happening over 24 to 48 hour period. So I, I don't know that immediate absorption or something that would augment the absorption is going to actually change the product. Uh, so I'd just avoid the moisturizing because what if you're using the moisturizing cream and you happen to actually knock off some of what the gel right. or a transdermal product is, then you're not getting the product uh, dose in, intent that your doctor gave you. Um, so I'd, I'd probably avoid that. I think the key is to make sure that you're rubbing it in soundly, that you get everything in, because you're using your hand most likely on this gel. Um, sometimes you don't. Sometimes they have a deodorant. Uh, like and, a roll-on? And you do it under <laughs> the arm. And you, I, I suggest shaving the armpits in that case so you have a clean area. Um, and I worry about sweating in terms of the ability for the testosterone to... to stick. Yeah, but... Uh, nonetheless, um, uh, I'd say that the moisturizer is unnecessary, Mike, but um, do you have any other things you want to chat about in terms of the testosterone you just got started on? Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, the underarm deodorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any problem with, with just using an underarm deodorant uh, since I'm applying this gel? And you're applying it to your underarms, I assume? No, applying uh, it to the shoulder blades. Yeah, shoulder blades, then you're perfectly fine. Sometimes there is an issue if you're applying it to the underarm area and then immediately using the deodorant. So uh, if you were using an underarm testosterone, there's one called Axeron or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, if you were using one of those, then I would suggest using it at night and then applying the deodorant in the morning. Uh, but in terms of what you're doing, you're perfectly fine. There's no interaction there at all. Um, and I, I really hope that this... Uh, works for you with whatever it is you decided to start it with. Um, I, you know, we've had we've had good experience in my clinic, and I think that I think that a lot of men do benefit from the replacement. Mm-hmm. Okay, you asked my question. Thank you, Mike. Well, thank you for giving thank us a call this morning, Mike. Thank you very much. All right. 
And so, guys, don't be afraid to give us a call in. Mike mm-hmm. did it, and you can too. That number is one eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So that brings up an interesting concept of absorption rates. So, um, you know, I'm I'm completely not as familiar with testosterone preparations sure. as you are, um, but with other transdermal type um, medications, in particular, when we think about birth control patch and pain patches and those kinds of things. You know, there are things that we want folks to avoid because it does speed up the absorption sure. of things like getting overheated and getting hot in that area or putting um, something occlusive over the top uh-huh. of it. Right. Like if you put because um, sometimes when we put creams on folks, then we'll stick like a little stick them over the top of, of it. Yeah. Right. Um, you wouldn't want to do that with with these, right. these kinds of gels, I would assume, because it would right. make it absorb too fast. No, that's exactly right. We, we just we want it to be just standard. So the the evening at the shower, uh, apply and then you're not going to do some kind of strenuous activity. You're not right. uh, you're just you're just going uh, intentfully to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um that's 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 the only that's the only thing there. I, I'm glad you said that though. With patches, uh, there is a patch, transdermal patch mm-hmm. as well, and that avoids the transference issue. Mm-hmm. So so conceptually, that would be great. And yet, you see many more people on these gels, like Mike mm-hmm. mentioned, and the reason is the patch has a very high rate of adverse dermatological issues. Oh, it irritates the skin very much. I oh. in my in my experience, I'm at about a fifty percent rate. Of people calling back within a month after getting the PA done for the PA is a prior authorization that your doctor has to go through and uh, the insurance has to go through and all this. After getting all that done, they put on a few patches. It causes the reaction. We have to stop it. Now, I mean, I wonder, is it the adhesive? Is it the... These but are good they questions. They've been working on that. Well, you they, know. they did. They changed. <laughs> I'm sure, the, they are. <laughs> they changed the process mm-hmm. on it, and at one point in the last few years, maybe five plus years, but um, it's just, it's just, a, it's a high dermatological mm-hmm. rate, uh, and <laughs> so. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned that so we could cover that too. Yeah. yeah. Now, so after someone starts a testosterone replacement, yep. when um, is the optimal time to see if it's working? Yeah, these, this is a really good question. So the first, so you, you diagnose it, you start the product, and then the first thing you do is about, I like to do it, but it's not really reasonable to mm-hmm. do in, in medicine, but I like to do it at a one-month period mm. to grab an efficacy metric, so right. like like total testosterone. And about that, total testosterone is what we go off of. Free testosterone is another uh, metric that we can use in terms of labs. Um, those those things are used more so for diagnostic purposes of a secondary or underlying cause of the testosterone deficiency, uh, something to look for if there's a tumor or something right. like that. Okay. So about a month. um, And for there, which I really like, you know, I mean, that's what I use when I'm doing, you know, other things like if I put somebody on an iron, you know, I want to know a month out, am I seeing any movement at all? You know, I don't want to wait somebody to wait three to six months to find out No, this is not doing it. You know, it's one month for efficacy, but they see see adverse effect is another big thing mm-hmm. and so in that one month period you can actually do adverse effect metrics but one of them's not going to be relevant in one month the first one you do is psa mm-hmm. a prostate specific enzyme and so the prostate enzyme will most likely increase with on testosterone it's just what it is okay and testosterone while it is not carcinogenic it may be mitogenic in other words uh, let's say there's an underlying prostate cancer this might 
and make the oh, prostate my, my grow. Oh, and it. then the PSA grows with it. And that can happen in as little as a month, but really it's a three or a three and then a six month uh, check on that uh, for looking at its velocity or its movement upwards. Rate of increase. Um, and then we'll talk about a few more of those. And yeah. You want to? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's oh, my spidey sense is tingling. Like, I got lots I of questions about that. You, yeah. I know. But we're going to go ahead and go to our uh, phone lines because we've got a call all the way from Springfield, Illinois. Good morning, Tom. Hello. How are you? Hey, Tom. Good. Good. What can we help you with today? I have a comment, and maybe in the form of a question. Okay. Uh, there is talking about uh, testosterone and other steroids. Mm. Uh, there are special cautions if you have glaucoma. Uh, I wonder if you had any thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, actually, so there there are cautions for a few different eye things. Not not only glaucoma. I believe it's open angle. But mm-hmm. anyway, not only glaucoma, but um, also some of the eye surgeries. Uh, I know Lasix is becoming very common. Cataract surgery, for example, in the age patients for testosterone is very common. Uh, and I think a lot of the time that relates to uh, prostate stuff. So, for example, uh, people on testosterone are very often on or, or needing testosterone on, on uh, prostate uh, medicines like Proscar and Flomax and all these things. For, for uh, prostatic hypertrophy, for an enlarged yeah, prostate. for BPH, right, BPH. or yeah, benign yeah. prostatic hyp- uh, hyperplasia or whatever it is. And the, the key concept there is uh, some of those things can impact uh, results or risks related to the eye. Uh, in glaucoma, there is some data. Uh, and uh, Tom, that was very, uh, very um Nice pointing out. Uh, there is some data of effect. I don't know, though, that I would call it cause effect or maybe observational effect at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, but I don't know that we have anything randomized to really point to and say, absolutely, this is the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there is some relationship with glaucoma and testosterone. Those are all things that your doctor needs to be aware of and needs to understand as a risk-benefit ratio before starting product. Right. Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily mean it's a no-go, but definitely right, something that needs right. to be taken into account. Probably right. pulling in the eye doctor as well for recommendations let's on say, things like that. Yeah, let's say you're treated glaucoma and, and things that your pressures are fine in right. terms of your ophthalmologist. Great. I mean, let's go ahead and try the product. Right. Uh, let's say they're not, and there's a few case reports here and there of this. Well, I mean, here's one of your risks. Mm-hmm. Right, so. right. But, all right, Tom, I hope that helped and I hope that answered your question. And it was a very interesting uh, concept to bring up and one that I was actually not aware of. So thank you for that. Anything else we can do for you today? Uh, no. All right. You have a great one. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and take our last break of the hour. And you know that means that this is the perfect time to give us a call. Um, and if you don't want to call, if you just want to send an email, that works too. That email is fit at mpbonline.org. And that number is one 672 7464 We'll be back in just a minute. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to 
Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Dr. Danny Reish. And we've been talking all about testosterone today. We've had some great callers about testosterone and the different types of replacement that we do for that and the monitoring that goes along with that. But I do want to go ahead and go to our phone lines and get to Mary, who is calling um, from Quitman. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm good. What can we help you with? Uh, Last month, I was uh, diagnosed as being Mm pre-diabetic. And um, I love bread. And I would like to know how often can I eat it and how much? Mary, I love bread too. <laughs> I do too. And bread, so bread is not evil. This I get this question so often in clinic. So bread and so bread often gets lumped in the carbohydrate category. So, but not all carbs are created equal, and some of them are better for us in terms of blood sugar than others. So things that are super refined, so your white breads, your white crackers, um, your white pastas, those are more refined, so they've got less fiber and less nutrients, and they do tend to run your blood sugar up a little bit quicker the more wheat-based products are digested a little bit more slowly and don't have quite as impact on our blood pressure our blood sugar but we still want to make sure that we're not over consuming bread products so when i talk about bread i'm talking bread or um, pasta or waffles or pancakes or something like that that was generally termed a baked good and so baked goods we try and limit out to about once a day because they're also pretty high in sodium which drives our blood pressure up what you want to build your plate off of um for the rest of the meals, because we want to have carbs at those meals too, are things like um, grains. So, um, you know, maybe a brown rice, a quinoa, an oatmeal, something like that, as well as your fruits and vegetables that are going to have fiber in them and water, which are two things that don't impact your blood sugar. Does that help at all? Yes. And one other question sure. I have. It's about um, uh, artificial sweeteners. Mm-hmm. Um, is it all right to have, like, the the powdered artificial sweeteners when you pour them in water and they make a flavor? Oh, like so, like a, a flavored drink packet? So yes. My, Are those okay? So my, my sta- stance on that is that if that's the only way you will drink water, then it's not the worst thing in the world. But, again, the majority of your hydration should come from plain water. Um, so I usually tell my patients if you're going to use one of those packets just about once a day on that and the rest should be from plain water, unsweetened tea or black coffee, something like that, because artificial sweeteners have actually been associated with weight gain. One thing is that they they trick our brain into thinking that everything's supposed to taste sweet. And so we crave sweet things all the time. Um, So trying to limit the amount of artificial sweeteners that we use. And if we do use them more along the lines of like a stevia type artificial sweetener and not so much an aspartame um, situation there on that. Mary, I love sweets. Um, I ain't gonna lie. And uh, I like sweeteners too. Anything that makes it sweet probably is something I like. But I, what, it, what it comes down to is it's a journey for you in your, mm-hmm. in your dietary change. So just start by portioning uh, anything that's white, like white rice and uh, French fries and uh, anything comes from a potato. Anything that's white, essentially, start portioning it. Like if you were going to get the fries at Wendy's, uh, go ahead and flip it over to the uh, apple slices one day. And then 
that was your portioning for that day and try to do that for 14 days. And after a couple of weeks of doing that portion again, because that journey, it's a long one to make dietary changes for your life. Absolutely. Uh, but this uh, advice Dr. Bidwell gave you is good. I do like sweets, though, Mary. I can't lie. And I like sweets, too. Um, and so that's why we don't put them in, in bad categories and bad and good. They're just something that we enjoy. Um, enjoy it mindfully. Make sure you really appreciate the sweet that you're eating and not just shoving it in. Um, and then fill up on things that are going to be lower in calorie and lower in sugar, like those fruits and veggies and whole grains. If you need more diet advice, Mary, you can go to mpbonline.org um, slash Southern Remedy, and you can go to the Healthy Living tab, and we have an entire uh, nutrition program there for you that can help you out there that's completely free. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right. Very, very quickly, we're going to go to our last caller in uh, Louisiana. Good morning, Reginald. Yes. How you doing? I'm good. We've got just a few minutes left, so go ahead and lay it on me. All right. Uh, Duration and erection um, on the medication called Tamulosin for swollen prostate. Uh Uh, Is any of that affecting the ability for ejaculation? Uh, and are there any drug interactions between testosterone therapy and the medication that I'm taking? Okay, just to be clear, are you on testosterone as well? No. Okay. Um, there's no specific interaction, to answer your second question first, there's no specific interaction with testosterone and Flomax or Temsulosin, um, so you're fine to go there. The, uh, in fact, it's very commonly given because people with benign prosthetic hyperplasia, as we discussed earlier, will have testosterone deficiency as they're aging gentlemen, usually. Okay. Um, so that's no problem. The other issue is your question about uh, was it erection or ejaculation related to the flow? Uh, ejaculation. Okay. Uh, uh, erection is actually short-lived. Yeah. Um, so the erections, uh, it, it can, it can, it's potentially can impact erections, but to a very, very much lesser degree than many of the other prostate medicines like Proscar, Finasteride. Um, and so I'm not as concerned about the erection. In terms of anejaculation, that is not typically a symptom of the Flomax. That is more so a symptom of you potentially having a lower testosterone. Uh, now, that's not something I can specifically say without doing a very in-depth analysis um, and looking at your other symptoms, but it's certainly something that would cause me to have that question in that conversation with my doctor. So I think you should do that. Thank you very much. All right, Reginald, thank you so much for that. Now, very quickly, I want one little parting comment because we had somebody who called in, couldn't hang on, but I really want to get to this because their PSA is elevated. So their PSA is 5.8, and they asked if that's a sign of low testosterone. Sure. Um, PSA is not going to be related to testosterone um, being low in a person. It'll be more related to testosterone replacement, and that would elevate the PSA. This, In this case, the PSA is elevated at a baseline. Uh, That would indicate some concern with the prostate, at least enlargement. Um, And of course, you start thinking about things like nodules, cancers, etc., so it's something I would definitely have a prostate and uh, check by my doctor Absolutely, and move yeah. forward with that. So if you're still listening out there, please go see your health care provider and get this prostate looked at to make sure that everything is okay there. Well, I did not think we would talk for t- about testosterone for the whole time, but we did, and that's fantastic. If you guys did not get a chance to give us a call, please send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org, and we'll be happy to answer your questions there. Danny, thank you as always for coming thank on the show. It's been a great one, and thanks 
to our producer, Kevin Farrell, as well for another great Thanks, show. Kevin. Make sure you tune in every weekday at 11 for the full Southern Remedy lineup. You've been listening to Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Music.